you're listening to Having a Chat on CJRU in Toronto, the show where we take interesting people with interesting tastes in music and talk to them about the music that they love. In the winter of 2016, I had the pleasure of seeing a band called Swimmers. Their live performance captivated me, and I quickly became a massive fan of them and their music. Four years later, the band has put out two full-length albums with a third well on the way, and their live shows are still winning over the hearts and minds of fans around the world. For this week's show, we sit down with Max from Swimmers to chat about his favorite music. This is Having a Chat. Alrighty, man. Well, thank you very much for for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate it. Of course, and... I, I love you guys, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, all my friends from Toronto. I, I love all of you. But... Yeah, man. Fuck yeah. Um, so I wanna I wanna kick things off with uh, with a tune of yours, um, a tune called "Lose It." Um, I remember there was a time in my life when when I was sort of going through a breakup, and and this song kind of the hook of this song, why do you have to have such a damn good taste in music? Like that, that kind of, you know, spoke to me. So I figured we could kick things off with that, but perhaps you could uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, a little bit about this song. Yeah. I mean, the, the song is actually just as interesting in, as um, the story of the song coming out <laughs> because it wasn't on the original album, uh, mainly because everyone including me was like this isn't this is like a second album song this isn't this isn't you know you know max this is too sad with drive north we're trying to get people really amped up we don't want to i was like sorry it's just how i feel (laughs) yeah um but yeah i was i was it was the fastest a um hook or anything ever came to mind weirdly enough it was just the easiest i was just sitting there during this breakup of like this is exactly how I feel. And I'm yeah. sure a lot of people feel this way too. Right. So I wrote it. Uh, and actually like two months later, I met my current girlfriend. So we've been dating since then. It was like five years. And she's, she was like, Oh, you wrote a song about your ex. I was like, yeah, sorry. Um, and now <laughs> it's just, the song is not going away. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's, it's funny because it's, it's like our, it just keeps, um, Weirdly enough, like we are, we had just got new managers, and our new manager was like, "It's weird because people listen to that song and still don't even know that you're the band singing it." Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like it just exists on its own. It's streaming like consistently every day. It's it's really weird. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I really like the song, and and uh, um, it finally came out six months after the album was released, and it came you out did a re-release, week. right? Yeah, it came out as a B-side to right. Palm Trees. Right. And uh, so it never was it never was processed as a single or anything like that. It just kind of goes to show that some music just kind of lives on its own. Yeah, for sure. And uh, it's provided a lot of insight for us as, uh, as songwriters to be like, okay, we're really, you know, half of this is writing songs from personal experience, but the other half is trying to provide background music for the listener's personal experience right right 
you know, it's, it's not always just about us. <laughs> so then do, do you see this as being, I guess, like a song that kind of bridges that gap? I mean, like it, 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 there's no doubt that it resonates. I mean, I remember when I saw you guys play the Phoenix, this one was the one with like, everyone was belting this out. Like this was crazy. Yeah. Just... It's especially weird because I'm not the front man. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's, that's the weirdest part about it. Um, it's like Cole does this amazing job all, all show long of like, he when he put down the guitar recently he just he like but we still have he to moves sing. like crazy it? man yeah but it's just one of those points it's like it's, it's kind of like don't look back and not comparing us to oasis or anything but right. kind of like don't look back in anger <laughs> right like all of a sudden liam is just standing there yeah well so that it's it's funny that you mentioned that because they were famous for having like some just incredible b-sides like it, some of my favorite oasis songs are b-sides like they put out a whole album of just b-sides and it's in my opinion one of their best albums so what are some when? like it's well, this is like a while it's called the master plan it's the album that has like fade away and acquiesce and like wow. all these songs on it um and it's it's phenomenal like it, they're yeah they're, i'm gonna go give that a listen through yeah this. yeah you should you should it but uh, what are some like bands that you think have some kind of like cool b-sides that people may not necessarily think about let's see um the first it's not really a b-side but the first it's a the first song that come always comes to mind is is come down which was uh the um collaboration between waves and cloud nothings that neither of them neither of them play it 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 was just that on this album that they did together and that's in my opinion both their best songs that that is like i listen to that at least once a month and it's been four years since it came out uh maybe once every two weeks we'll see yeah but that song uh from that band um and cloud nothings in general has some really good deep tracks like um been through from their first album is crazy um and then actually gotta give a shout to our, our boys in fiddler um technically awkward was only ever released on on um soundcloud right and so and i think i'm not sure if it's on spotify it might be on spotify but i think they, they first... did eventually yeah okay put it up, but so, it was but it, it those kinds of deep deeper cut tracks um i think that's one of fiddler's best songs yeah i have this conversation with zach all the time where he's like you know do we write about drugs and alcohol or do we move on like it's his it's his question and i'm like well awkward's not about that it's just a fucking love song (laughs) yeah exactly well i mean and talk about a song having a life of its own right like i mean that song i remember the first time i saw them live um i was in paris with my mom and i talked my mom into coming to see fiddler with me in paris and (laughs) i i did a stage dive during that song and i had not i had actually not heard it before and okay. it, but much like your guys' show with Lose It, like the entire crowd was singing it. And it just, yeah. it, again, like it just took on a life of its own. And, and you're so right. Like they don't need to be writing songs about drugs or alcohol. Like the, they got a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they, they've kind of filled that void forever. Like every, mm-hmm. if anyone ever wants to sing about that, they've got all those songs. Yeah. Um, but their love song, I mean, I mean, even like no one really knows that No Waves is about Zach being in rehab even though yeah. it's their most popular song. Yeah. So it's not the fact that he's 
trying to wrestle with rehab. It's just that feeling that the listener gets and being like, oh, fuck, I just really want to go outside. There's no way it's there. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. Um, but that's not a B-side. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, that's definitely but, not a B-side. Yeah, but awkward though. Also, um, I really uh, there's a there's a Muse song from years ago mm. called "Map of Your Head" that was on the soundtrack to Hullabaloo. Yeah. This move I never saw Hullabaloo, but they did the soundtrack to some movie or something, and this song called "Map of Your Head," and I've probably listened to it like. 500 times and that song is incredible and they i I don't think they've ever played it live yeah but that's definitely worth being on this list all right brilliant all right well another b-side for you this is swimmers with lose it on cjru when i first saw you i made a mixtape i didn't know you'd do the same damn thing when i said goodbye to you it went quiet Cause I didn't wanna feel any pain The last thing I want Is another debutante To take me away from my world And I know that wasn't us But it still got tough So come on, come on And tell me why'd you have to have Such a damn good taste in music Yeah, if all my songs make me think of you I'm gonna lose it When we drove off the coast we had a soundtrack We made it feel like a film on a reel And our story didn't have a happy ending But it still sounded good despite the way I feel The last thing To the brink of crazy In the end I couldn't take it Cause I knew we wouldn't make it So come on, come on And tell me why'd you have to have Such a damn good taste in music Yeah, if all my favorite songs Make me think of you I'm gonna lose it Tell me why
songs make me think of you, I'm gonna lose it. Tell me why'd you have to have such a damn good taste in your music? May I ever fall? You just heard Lose It by Swimmers uh, here on CJRU. And if you're just joining us, we are here having a chat with Max Becker from Swimmers. Uh, So, Max, just before we uh, get into your song choices, we usually like to kick things off here with a uh, sort of lightning round of of questions. Um, uh, Just, you know, kind of I'm going to fire them out just for those who don't know you. Get a little (laughs) bit more context. Um, First one is uh, where'd you grow up? I grew up in this town called Piedmont, California. It's surrounded by Oakland. I'm actually here right now. Brilliant. Bay Area. Yeah. Is that the Bay Area? Technically? Yeah. yeah sweet. Yes. Right. Yes. Definitely. All right. All right. Um, first concert. In Sync. No Strings Attached Tour. 2000 or 2001 or 1999. Damn. One of those years. Wow. Yeah. Were you, were you a big fan? I was, yeah, I was six or seven and I was a huge That's fan. That's so sick. Same with my sister and my dad took us both. Yeah. Brilliant, yeah. brilliant. Love that. Um, first album you ever bought? In sync, no strings attached. <laughs> brilliant. Um, and maybe this one might be the same answer, but uh, guilty pleasure artist. <laughs> actually you know what it's it's finally not in sync uh guilty pleasure artist uh i wouldn't consider it a guilty pleasure but people do i really like listening to uh anything but that's that's a russian ballet really so, okay yeah like to tchaikovsky or shostakovich right Interesting. <laughs> that's Fair. what i yeah yeah a little bit out of left field with that one i like that. yeah i know uh, <laughs> uh beetles or stones beetles definitely all right definitely. and then and last one and we were talking about this a little bit over the break but uh liam or noel uh <laughs> liam's voice but everything else about noel <laughs> okay okay that's good that's good nice nice middle of the road approach i like that yeah yeah well i have a, <laughs> I have a brother so i have to often do that so <laughs> yeah, yeah fair enough fair enough and you're and you're the older one right so you're uh yeah. you're a little bit more in noel's shoes then hey yeah and also just visually he fits more into the Liam Brown because he's dancing around on stage and I'm right, on right, stage right. trying to control everything. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Um, so the, the first tune that you picked is, uh, is one that we've actually played on the show before. Um, uh, Kylie Miller from the beach has picked it in the, in the fir- uh, second ever episode that we did. Um, so I'm stoked to have it back in rotation, but it's uh, gimme gimme um, by ABBA. What do you like about this tune? I like that. Uh, what I like about ABBA in general is that technically they're just a they're just a pop group, but they have their own genre, and that's something that we've always wanted to go towards. Is like we're not really punk, we're not really pop, we're not really garage. We're just kind of swimmers, and mm-hmm. ABBA did that the best. And this song, uh, to me, is if we could have a song like this, we have made it. Um, yeah. I guess it's dancey, but there's also like amazing guitar work on it. And there's, they're just having fun. Yeah. 
you know, it's just about having fun. It also reminds me of going dancing with my girlfriend. <laughs> right. Brilliant. Yeah. All righty, man. Well, uh, sometimes that's, that's all we need to hear. This is Gimme, Gimme, Gimme by ABBA on CJRU.
Um, all right, you just heard ABBA with Gimme, Gimme, Gimme. Uh, we are here having a chat with Max Becker. Uh, next up, Max, you've got uh, CCR, Run Through the Jungle. What can you tell yes. us about this tune? Um, well, I should kind of preface this by saying that ABBA and CCR are the two most pushed bands in my life by my mom and my grandma. They both right. are obsessed with those bands. And CCR kind of... Um, to me is the perfect American band uh, and they're, they're the perfect American sound. And I'd love to be as it's hard to be proud to be American. I mean, I'm not obviously because mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff wrong with our country, but sometimes it's nice to be proud of something and it's right. nice to be proud of a sound, which I do think we have, even though they're from the Bay area. The right. Credence guys are from the Bay Area, but they're singing about the bayou. And right. <laughs> it's, it's the craziest thing in the world. But this song is just the, I, I'm obsessed with songs that are technically in the minor key, but they're not sad. Mm -hmm. And uh, I talk about this all the time with my guitar students or on Twitter or wherever, and people are like, stop talking. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I'm uh, obsessed with this idea that it, if something's in the minor key, it can be invigorating as well. Right. And it's Credence does that really well with this song. Right. Have you ever seen Spinal Tap? Of course. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, you, man, you honestly, you'd be surprised how many people like musicians in our generation haven't, but there's that great scene. And this is sort of my, was my introduction to minor keys. My dad showed it to me at a very young age. It's sort of one of these things, not unlike CCR where it's like mandatory consumption once you hit a certain age in my family. Um, and uh, there's that scene where he's playing that just beautiful, very, very sad and emotional piano song to the director. And the director asks, you know, what's it called? And he says, it's called Lick My Love Pump. Uh, but, he also, <laughs> but he also says that it's in D minor, which is the saddest of all keys. Um, but so is this, is this idea of like writing songs in a minor key that can be invigorating. Is this something that you've tried to adopt? Absolutely. I mean, um, the prime example of our music that does that is uh, Trash Bag Baby, where right. no one, I could talk to people about Trash Bag Baby, you know, if they want to talk to me about it after a show, but no right. one is ever saying that it's something they listen to if they're sad or it's like, it's, yeah. it's this world that Cole and I talk about where it's a, it's in my opinion it's a genre but you can do any it's called gray music yeah and um gray meaning it's in the gray area it's not right. major it's not or it's not happy it's not sad it just is good yeah. and lord does this really well lord right. does this incredibly well if you listen to any of like buzz cut season or even anything on melodrama green light or mm -hmm. uh homemade dynamite is a great example Right. minor key songs that um aren't aren't sad mm -hmm. <laughs> and we've on this new album that we're working on we've written a lot of songs trying to find that middle ground of gray music right. and i think it comes from me it, initially i noticed it with death cat for qb um right. they have a song called well they have all their songs but they, right. they have a song called soul meets body that's technically in the minor key but it's not sad and they're a sad band. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna like say, they like, go yeah. there. But yeah. they, that song in particular is great. 
And what we are always trying to do is strive for that gray area where we want something to feel like uh, someone just uh, exfoliated their face or something. (laughs) They're there, you know. Yeah, I love that, man. That's a great way of putting it. All right, well, this is CCR with uh, Run Through the Jungle on CGRU. you just heard ccr with run through the jungle uh next up max we've got uh a song that uh has a very very you know warm place in my heart uh, the prelude from sound of music what do you like about this one well there's so many things i love about this song um but i should start off by saying that if you press play on this song where while you're in an airplane at the top of the runway before you're about to take off when you finally get airborne is when uh you finally hear the that kind of thing 
it it times perfectly and i do it every time i fly because i'm just like wow if i can do this life is amazing yeah <laughs> you know? life is so cool how things can line up like that you can feel like you're flying right when you notice it but also it's um rogers and hammerstein and in just that musical in general are uh are actually a place that really ins- they're not a place they they're they really inspire me as a musician um mainly through Stephen Sondheim interviews who isn't right. Rodgers and Hammerstein but he grew up next to um Oscar Hammerstein or whatever his right. name is um uh and and Hammerstein taught Stephen Sondheim a bunch of lessons so that Stephen Sondheim could become him. And they're like a 10 years right. apart. They grew up next to each other. Wow. And they always are talking about this idea. And Stephen Sondheim is talking about this idea that um, when you're watching a musical, right. the listener or us, let's just say us, we're the listener. We don't have more than a half a second to process each word. Right. So, uh, as lyricists, um, the they both Stephen Sondheim and Oscar Hammerstein both always took that into consideration when they were writing lyrics about, um, y- you know, you have to assume that the that the listener they don't want to think it's not poetry. You don't want to dissect yeah. the words. Right. You just want it to immediately get it because it's parrots on stage, and you don't ha- you don't have time to process what the person is saying. It just has to be processed for you. And um, I think that that whole, that whole um, musical is so good at not, you don't have to think when you're watching it. And that when yeah. you can do that and you don't, and someone, when you take out having to think about music, it just becomes a bodily experience for real. because your brain doesn't have to do any of the work. Mm-hmm. And so they do that really well. And this is actually why a lot of people like country music. Right, <laughs> right. You don't have to think about what they're saying at all. Yeah. It's that, it's, it's really kind of, you know, I don't want to sound mean, but it's kind of dumbed down lyrically right. to where it doesn't require brain power. It just feels yeah. good. Yeah. And that so, is something that's really important. So how do you strike that balance then? I mean, you know, there, sort of because I would imagine that one doesn't want to sort of dumb it down so to speak too much but you also but you don't I mean not everyone's trying to listen to like I don't know like like a tune like Rush like like a Rush tune all the time (laughs) where it's like you know I mean and I love Rush anyone who knows me knows how much I love Rush but like you're not trying to listen to you know allegories about you know trees and workers unions and all this stuff all the time right sometimes you just totally. want to power your brain off so how do you strike that balance uh you have to the only way to truly strike the balance is it you know you can't actually as a songwriter you can't actually control um everything that you want to control because you can't control how someone is going to react to your song right. uh the only thing that you can control that is objective and not subjective is whether or not something's memorable. And so you can dumb it down or you can, you can make it as complicated as rush as you want, but as long as there's something memorable in a song and for musicals specifically, 
they have to deal with the fact that that is the storyline. And they, like a lot of the times people wouldn't listen back to the soundtrack. They'd watch it. And so they wouldn't yeah. have to, they wouldn't have time with rush. You get to play it over and over again and really <laughs> dissect the whole thing. But, uh, as, as long as, um, you're trying to find, do something memorable. And what I mean by that is you kind of have to repeat some stuff. And I actually had a really great, um, conversation when i was really young with joey's dad and um he was saying uh i'm not sure <laughs> if he wants me to say this but when i was really young he was saying you know why boulevard of broken dream is as popular as it is mm-hmm. and i'm like well it's it's a popular song like what else can you he's like well there's this thing in music where to get someone to memor to remember what you're doing you can reprocess melodies throughout the song with different um, different vehicles. So like in right. Boulevard of Broken Dreams, it's this thing. It's not even the main melody, but it's ah, 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 that thing right. is happening with five different instruments throughout the song in different Yo, sections. Yeah, that's, and that's that is the type of control we can have as songwriters where uh, – that is what leads to something being memorable and it, it's this it's subconsciously memorable no one actually right. knows but that's the science of what what we get to do and what's fun about it. i mean you don't want to get too into the the details like that but <laughs> during production and sorry that's that's a fun i i yeah. like that cole's not it so into that part right. uh, that's like that's where i come in <laughs> right well okay so then and then just you know before we get into the tune i mean talk about because you, you guys travel a lot I mean less so now obviously yeah. but uh, I mean I, I'm always curious just you know talking to musicians who travel as much as you guys do like what are just some like you know just things that you do on top of listening to sound of music as the as the plane's about to take off that sort of just make it easier for you uh well I um I have to give Spotify the ultimate credit here the right. fact we started touring before Spotify was a thing. <laughs> we right. used to have to burn burn CDs. We started touring in 2009, 2010. Wow. Um, and also that was before America had this whole food revolution. So we were really eating at diners like every day. Right. Um, but I make a playlist based on location everywhere right. I go. So right. I have a playlist for when I'm, I can't run right now because of my knee, but I used to run through all these places and listen to music. That was the ultimate soundtrack for these places. So we've got, um, I had a playlist for running through Hanover in Germany. Right. I had a playlist for when I took a day off and went to Modena in Italy. There was like music that was specifically for that. Wow. <laughs> and uh, Spotify lets me do that. Yeah. Because it's just there and it, it's quick. I mean, yeah. not just you know, if you have Apple Music or Amazon. It's like, it's just the yeah. streaming in general. Yeah, it helps you out. Yeah. All righty, man. Well, brilliant. Well, this is the prelude from uh, The Sound of Music on CJRU.
sun for a thousand years. The hills fill my heart with the sound of music. My heart wants to sing every song it hears. My heart wants to beat like the wings of the birds that rise from the lake to the trees. My heart wants to sigh like a chime that flies from a church on a breeze. To laugh like a brook when it trips and falls over stones on its way. To sing through the night like a lark who is learning to pray. You just heard the prelude from The Sound of Music. We are here having a chat with Max Becker from the band Swimmers. Uh, next up, we've got a tune by Daft Punk. What can you tell us about this one? So the year this album came out, I was a freshman in college, and my sister was um, doing a year abroad in Paris. And I went and visited my sister, and everyone was listening to this album in Paris. And I was like, this this can't be more picturesque, like a French band from Versailles, so not that far away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they're, they're the soundtrack to Paris right now. This is amazing. Right. So it kind of has a special place in my heart that way. But also uh, what we're trying to do as a band is combine Daft Punk and um, actually be the punk side of Daft Punk. Right. But it's like not too punk because, like I said earlier, like we don't want to have a genre. We want to be like ABBA. We just mm-hmm. want to be good. Yeah. And uh, incorporating aspects of Daft Punk has, especially lately, has really kind of turned the corner for us yeah. um, with the new music we're writing. And I think a lot of our fans, they aren't. They know that we're going to throw anything their way. They know that they're not expecting like a specific s- sound. Right. because we've thrown at them so many different kinds of songs that they just want to have fun. Yeah. And they want to, they like our personalities. Yeah. Um, so as long as we give them fun music, which lose yourself to dance again, I'm a big, my girlfriend and I dance all the time or we right. when not during COVID. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I really like to dance and right. that, that is something we want to include in our music. Our shows are just, we they are you know we do have mosh pits and they do they are heavy but it's mostly girls in the mosh pit it's like our fan base is like 70 80 percent girls and they're you know plain and simple girls are just a little bit more considerate 
you know, yeah. and, and I, I, to other people's personal space. So like, it's not, it's not a dangerous pit to be in, even though right. it's wild as hell. It's so yeah. wild in there. But as long as we give them music, like lose yourself to dance, they will continue to have fun. Yeah. Except they won't hurt each other. Right. <laughs> so I want to ask you a little bit about just like the evolution of your sound, because like, I remember, um, like, sir, drive North was like a very sort of like hard hitting rock album. And then with Berkeley's on fire, you, it, there was, you guys were working in like drum machines. There was all this sort of like other layering that was going on. And, you know, your album Berkeley's on fire, as well as the goodbye Honolulu tune, you got it. were kind of like the thing that initially sold me on like, like drum machines in rock and roll music. Um, This is something I talked about with, um, with Jacob Switzer when we had him on the show, but like, what can you tell us about like that side of the evolution of your sound, like working in sort of electronic elements? I can tell you a lot about it, (laughs) but, but, you know, to prevent myself from going on for hours about this subject, because like I said earlier, I'm really into the details. Um, So one thing's for sure is that the reason rock um, people have this argument of whether or not it's at the forefront of what's going on, or if it's just a thing of the past is oftentimes because in rock, we tend to make rules for what we can do. And I think rock is actually more of a feeling than an actual sound. And right. punk, punk is a feeling, that's not a sound. Like rock the Casbah, yeah. the Clash are technically punk, but yeah. rock the Casbah that's is, not, yeah. is not White Riot. Or, you know, it's, it's not, but it, it's a feeling. Yeah. So um, as long as you take that into consideration you actually have endless opportunities as long as you're not just completely ruining the vibe of what you're doing you want people to still feel how rock makes you feel i mean you've got this i mean if you're really into rock music or to music in general you have this occasional feeling where music just makes you have this out-of-body experience and it just feels incredible and you don't know what it is that is what we're trying to get. We don't yeah. necessarily need people to play the same, you know, distorted guitar over the same basic rock beat over and over again. And this is where I, f- I find that a specific region of the United States hasn't, has sort of moved on, but they tend to really like the traditional rock thing. It's Chicago. Right. Right. I, tend, I think that Chicago is really happy where they're at. But um, I think that drum machines, why not? As long yeah, as they give you that feeling, sure. you know? Yeah. I mean, and the cool thing is we have a drummer who can play anything. So it means we can put anything in the song because he'll be able to replicate it. Yeah. Um, that's a luxury that we have. Yeah, yeah for nice. sure. So, I mean, this is something that we've actually talked about a lot on the show with like a wide range of different guests. Um, sort of like this idea of like punk being more of like an idea rather than like, you know, a set of instruments playing a certain way. Um, what are some bands or like, or even, you know, rappers is someone that we talk about a lot. Um, what are some artists, I guess, that you see as being punk? though they may not sort of fit the sort of textbook sonic definition of what that would be. 
Absolutely. I think uh, I, I've said this a few times, but I, I, I would say it a, a thousand more times. I think the punkest moment of Reading and Leeds 2017 when we were there once was watching um, Boy Better Know, which is like Skepta and yeah. stuff like that. That was the what the crowd was doing when they were playing was the closest thing I've ever seen to what it probably was like seeing the clash in the, in the late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. Um, it was just out of control. And that, yeah. that's that right. And that's actually why we wrote Burke was on fire, the way the specific song Burke was on fire. That's why it has that specific beat because we were, um, we were just taken by this watching Skepta yeah. <laughs> and uh, they were amazing. Well, I had seen him earlier that summer play the Danforth in Toronto, and like, and I remember, you know, actually, I think I might have gone straight from a Skepta show to you, to one of your guys' shows during Canadian <laughs> or something. But I remember Sick. seeing you guys posting those stories um, when you were yeah. over in the UK, and just thinking like yes like it's so sick that these guys are on this wave because you're so right and they are you know we've had just such a wide range of guests on the show talking about this and and uk hip-hop is always the thing that comes up as being like the genre now that is sort of carrying that mantle going forward absolutely and as long yeah so as long as people can separate and get to that basic idea that it's that's a feeling i mean that that's that's where I think success comes from is like, if you can give people that release and they do that so well, Mm -hmm. um, I think in America, it's also, uh, and you know, over, over here in America, (laughs) um, I think it's, it's not necessarily about that release. I think up in Toronto, you get that. And in the UK, we get that and Mm -hmm. Australia and, Germany and France it's like it's all about that punk release but I'm not sure if I think people are so lost over here that Mm -hmm. people aren't necessarily looking for that right now yeah um, in any form yeah all right well fair enough feeling yeah (laughs) which is a bit of a shame I suppose but uh, yeah but hopefully this song gives you that feeling then uh this is lose yourself to dance by Daft Punk you
That was Daft Punk with "Lose Yourself to Dance" on uh, on CJR. Uh, excuse me, on CJRU. <laughs> uh, next up, we've got a tune by the Yaya Yaz. We've got Y Control. Uh, Max, what can you tell us about these guys? Uh, y Control. Uh, so I didn't actually get into Yaya Yaz until like 2016, um, right. but they and I, I always thought they were cool, but I didn't really like dive deep into their into their uh, body of work until then. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because they did a reunion tour for that album, which is their first album, Fever to Tell. And we got a chance to see it in Oakland because they played in one of the three shows they played was at the Fox Theater in Oakland. And it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And um, it uses a few of the of the aspects that we talk about with what Sumos tries to do it it tries to do something different with guitars that it's not traditional nick right. zinner as a guitar player has really pushed the envelope on what the guitar can do in sort of like a tom morello sort of way but i'm not that into tom morello i really appreciate rage against the machine but i'm not right a super I, I think nick zinner is like a more my my more your speed yeah yeah um, and he, but he does similar things in that he makes it so the guitar is really a um, a more intense palette. Like you can you can really expand what you can do with the guitar. It's not just this blues chords and bar chords and power chords and scale. You know, it's it's um, it, you know. That, yeah, sorry, my, my, my dad's at the door. Hey, Dad. Hey, Dad. Dad, you, Dad, you want to come in and say hello? Hello. Hey. You're, not, you're now going to be in the episode. Oh, no. um, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know how much longer, but I'll, I'll come join you guys. Okay, bye. Sweet. So, anyway. Why so, <laughs> Control is on Fever to Tell. Yeah. And, Nick, and the guitar on this song. I mean, it, it, for anyone out there listening who's not familiar with the IAS, it's is the only there's only two instrumental well there's if you consider the voice and instrument which i do there's three instrumentalists but there's three people right. in the band um and nick zinner is using a loop pedal and doing all these parts on stage i saw it he's doing all these parts at once uh, wow. well, there's just a drummer and um uh oh, I, oh my god karen uh karen up yeah I sorry, I was like I couldn't remember her name for a second. Yeah, yeah. but uh, Karen o and and so Nick Zinner is doing all this. And it requires so much work, and and fear and why control is like one of the more popular songs from that album. Not as popular as Maps, which is like the most popular yeah yeah song of all time. But mm-hmm. it's it is it really showcases his and the drummer's ability to make something interesting with just two instruments going on. Um, So talk to me a little bit about like, and we've touched on this a little bit, but like more in the context of like a guitar. So you talked about like looper pedals, things like that. Um, Like what are some things that, you know, with technology, you're now maybe able to do like with your guitar that you weren't say like 10 years ago? Well, I'm about to make a case for something that might give me a lot of heat, but um... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I, we met the, uh, some representatives from Kemper 
uh, or I didn't meet them. The boys did when they toured with Cage the Elephant. I'm still not right. allowed to tour, but they met, and Kemper gave us a trial run for this for this Kemper uh, profiler, which is for those of you who don't know what a Kemper is. It's it's this box that you can program like thousands of different sounds onto this box, and so as you're touring. What what often what what used to hold rock musicians back is like oh we can't do that live so let's not do it in the studio, right. but because you can replicate pretty much everything live now, it allows you to do whatever you want and that technology yeah. of profiling sounds so you get to we have like real amps obviously but we we this thing it it profiles their sound so that you can just bring this box anywhere in the world plug it in and it's your amp. Right. And, and then you just run it into the PA. You run it into the PA or you have you rent a speaker, like a cab right. or something. And because of that, because of that technology, which has actually been around for a while, but it hasn't really gotten mainstream until now-ish. Right. Um, I used to openly talk crap about Kemper. Uh, right. So I, I'm, I'm like the number one hypocrite right now. But I think, it's, I think it actually is really helping us come up with stuff in the studio that kind of expand our horizons right damn wow all right man well uh this is the yaya's <laughs> with uh with y control on cjru
Um, All righty, you just heard the yeah, yeah, yeahs with Y Control on CJRU. Uh, if you're just joining us, we are here having a chat with Max Becker of the band Swimmers. And uh, we are about to start our CanCon quota segment. Uh, for those who are not aware, uh, Canadian radio man or Canadian law rather mandates that thirty uh, percent of the content played on Canadian radio has to be Canadian. So I've uh, I've asked Max to pick a uh, pick a Canadian album that he really likes. And uh, Max, what have you got for us? Uh, well, my I I can't do this segment without giving a shout out to my my homies in Goodbye Honolulu because they were there when we met in twenty fourteen. Uh, it was the, kind of the beginning of a change for both groups of ours. And we kind of met through Instagram. It was this weird thing where I think Cole or Joey saw Fox on their discover page or something. And they're like, Oh, like, we're that age. And uh, let's play a show with them. And then they all came to New York when we were staying in New York at the time. And um, we just hit it off immediately. And ever since then we've been, when we come through Toronto, we always hang with them and, it what turns out to be an entire friend group which right. is always so fun and you're obviously in that too um and it just I, I they are those boys are some of the most important canadian uh just ob- <laughs> not saying they're objects but they're they're th- some of those important canadian things to me yeah <laughs> and so uh <laughs> can't not give them a shout out i love them all yeah so uh yeah so i i wanted to do their re-release of heavy gold because um the first song bum me out reminds me of playing shows with them and i i they've obviously have played an assortment of things for but they've been playing that song pretty much since we met uh and uh it's just it's nostalgic for me but also i think it's really good yeah well it's so funny just getting to sort of having seen them sort of progress alongside with you guys as well like I remember you know the first the first time I met you guys was in Montreal and I was sort of like yeah I'm friends yeah. with these guys and then we you know we started chatting <laughs> yeah. and stuff um but then you're yeah, like no this... way everyone knows each other up here it's <laughs> <Yeah>. amazing <laughs> exactly. um but then just getting to see like you know you got you guys played the Buddha together and then like a few years later you're playing like the opera house and then you're playing the Phoenix. Like it's just seeing the progression of both you guys um, has been just such a, such a joy to watch. Um, And we both also started independent labels at the same time. We started on cool and they, they were, they started fried before, but uh, like it's just both been, we've both cared about the same values this whole time. And that's kind of, I think, and they're just, you know, it's just fun to be friends with them. They're really fun people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. All right. Well, uh, big, big shout out to the boys and goodbye yeah. Honolulu. Um, totally. And I'm actually, I'm at the moment, I'm talking with Emmett about, like, usually we do these one-on-one, but uh, we were talking about having, like, a uh, an ep- like the first episode where we do, like, a whole band. Um, oh, my so, God, that's uh, great. So keep your ears peeled for that. But until then, this is Goodbye Honolulu with Heavy Gold on CGRU. Music video and really 
righty, you just heard three songs off of Heavy Gold by Toronto's very own Goodbye Honolulu. Uh, we are here just wrapping up this, uh, this hour of having a chat with Max Becker. Uh, Max, we're going to end things with another one of your songs, if that's cool. Um, yeah. As I was saying to you before we started, this is uh, one of my favorites off of, uh, off of your new record. Uh, it's my mom's favorite as well off your new record. <laughs> um and uh, yeah a shout out to all the moms in the world and uh yeah i mean I, it's i remember really being struck by it when i saw you guys play it live at the phoenix um just your brother cole like going yeah. nuts on that acoustic guitar like that was that was so cool and and but just the way you're you, you kind of back and forth with each other's vocals um but what can you what can you tell us about this tune so uh this the riff came first which usually the topic comes first when we write a song in our in our process everyone has a different process usually it's like something happens and we want to write a song about it that's usually how it goes for cole and i because we've been writing songs for since we were 10 you know it's, it's yeah. a long long one but for some reason this riff came first and it was because um do you know that band smoking popes no they're a great Chicago band from the probably like the nineties, but this right. guy actually has perfect pitch, which is not that common in rock bands. Um, right. But they covered pure imagination by Willy Wonka. Right. And, or by yeah, Willy Wonka, the original, the Gene Wilder, Willy Wonka, not the, right. not the, uh, not the Johnny, Johnny Depp. Depp. Um, and I was listening to it. I was like, man, this is so cool. Like no one, I took a couple music theory classes uh, in college and in high school. I failed the one in high school because <laughs> it was really hard. <laughs> but I retook it in college. Only they I could was, see you now. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But I took it in college and I was like, man, this really speaks to me. I'm still every day just like going through. I'm still kind of scratching the surface of what music theory is. But it's always fascinated me trying to incorporate um, different melodies that you wouldn't typically do. Cole is definitely right. more of like a incredible lyricist and me I've, I've always just been interested in sonics mm -hmm. so um i was listening to this this uh pure imagination i was like oh my god no one actually does that which is actually like the riff for like come with me and you'll be like no one does that yeah. in rock but it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier about the minor key I was like, you know, if we did that riff, but it was like a minor key, but it wasn't sad and it was upbeat and it was fun. Right. Just like that song Come Down by Waves and yeah. Calm Things. It fits into that gray, invigorating space that I've always wanted to be in. If we can do that, that'd be great. And so three years ago, when I came up with the riff, that was when the process began. Right. And then it wasn't until two months before we recorded Burke was on fire that I was like, you know what? This is this still the lyrics still aren't as good as the riff and it has yeah. to at least be as good i was like you know what what's missing from this is cole and i need to be singing on it at the same time because right. why not yeah you know, why yeah. has it taken us so long to do like we're yin and yang when it comes to vocals and you know there was originally a we were originally trying to be more cole vocal centric when we came out of drive north but then lose it happened and now i have like this weird love song corner um right. so i have like a softer note for the softer voice but cole is so different than that so at this if you put them together it's like that's yeah. super interesting for sure um and the lyrics are now about 
I was like, this doesn't have any meaning lyrically. So I had to wait for something to happen. Right. And so I, I, this thing happened where I eavesdropped on someone breaking up with their boyfriend on this tour bus. We were on tour with this band and she was breaking up with her boyfriend at the time. And I was in the room oh, next door. I'm like, oh, I'm going to write a song about this. This is kind of like, uh, <laughs> what was it, Mr. Brightside? It's like that kind of weirdly, it's it's not creepy, but it's definitely not normal. You know, yeah. it's like no one eavesdrops on breakups that often. Unless yeah. you're like in a cafe and the place next to you is breaking up with the person. <laughs> you're just like, oh, shit. I'm just trying to enjoy my coffee here. But uh, that was happening. I was like, yeah, that should be it. And so, like, I need to elaborate on, on this topic. Right. Still, I think the most important part is the riff, but um, now at least the lyrics kind of match it, sort of. Right. So, I mean, I think it's so interesting just the idea of like the sort of come, the, the song that seems to bring a lot of the things that we've talked about um, together is, is Acquiesce by Oasis. Um, just because, totally. you know, because it's a B side, it's an Oasis song, and it has yeah. the two brothers, not, you know, qu- not quite, I think, to the same degree as you and Cole, but like very different voices kind of coming together yeah. um and totally. playing off each other um but i'm i'm really interested in in this idea that like you you said like you wanted to wait for something to happen like yeah. a, and then it just ended up being this kind of bizarre thing so like how often does that happen where you'll be writing a song and you'll say you know what like i need more inspiration and where does that inspiration usually come from it's weird uh before work was on fire the two most inspiring things that happened were listening to that eavesdropping on that breakup. And then uh, the other really significant event happened was like when I was dropping out of school, uh, my dad called me. He was like, I'll pay you anything to go back to school. Right. <laughs> and I was like, and at the time I, I'm kind of a lightweight and I had had a medium cold brew uh, and I was in Austin, Texas and we were on tour opening for waves. And it was like 10, it was 10 a.m. I was in Austin, Texas. And I had this massive coffee. And my dad told me that kind of weirdly scary thing. Yeah. And uh, I had a ma- I had a three-hour panic attack. And yeah. that's how we wrote too much coffee. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say. That's, uh... it's, so it's a true thing. But yeah. now, now, with the benefit of hindsight, I'm like, you know what? That's kind of a selfish song. Right. <laughs> you know, like, that's a little too specific. And I'm talking about me, me, me. Right. And so with this, with this writing this new album that we're working on, you know, uh, getting in this car accident, you could very well fall down that same path where you're like, oh, I want to write about myself having this car accident, right. me, me, me. But with the benefit of hindsight with too much coffee, that's the last thing I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, because everyone in the hospital kept saying, oh, you're going to have so much to write about. And I was like, yeah, what do you write about? You write songs. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Uh, so instead, I wanted to take the personal experience of the car wreck and the healing and everything like that and turn it into mm-hmm. a little bit more of an approachable idea. And I've actually managed to write more songs since that car wreck in a sh- time span, in a short time span than I ever have. Wow. And it's not, it's not a, none of the songs are about the car wreck. Right. We have this song um, that, you know, I, it's probably not coming out till months down the road, but uh, right. inst- I wanted to um, 
you know how you know that phrase keep calm carry on that the yeah, british yeah. are always like i wanted to have a song that kind of had that meaning where it's right. like yeah it happened but let's move on and yeah. keep going uh so so the song i would say yeah i got in a car crash well i don't say to the like yeah a lot of stuff happened i'm usually into details but i don't need to explain this right now yeah. my point is here's what we all need yeah if you're going through something if you're going through something here's a very simple thing so i don't right. get into the details about my situation i try to bring it back to like how yeah. lose it with the benefit of hindsight exactly is it, it it's about the listener yeah like anybody yeah. can sort of put themselves in it. It, it. It's it's universal and it's and it's messy. Yeah, and I'll when it, when it gets closer to coming out, I'll tell you which song I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> and and you'll you'll uh, you'll understand with the lyrics what I what I what I meant. Um, All righty, man. So. Well, I'm I'm crazy crazy stoked to hear it. Um, usually, when we wrap these things up, we uh, we you know we give you guys a chance to sort of plug any tours coming up or anything like that. <laughs> Obviously, that's not happening and likely won't be for the next little bit. But uh, but you guys have got uh, sounds like you guys have got some tunes coming. Yeah. Well, we so actually we yeah I don't have a tour to plug, but I think the craziest thing about this whole COVID experience is. It's kind of like, and I'm not comparing us to the Beatles. I'm just saying it's kind of like when the, <laughs> just saying it's kind of like when the Beatles stopped touring. Yeah. All of a sudden, this is what separates the adults from the kids. This moment yeah. is like, can we still during COVID come up with music, right. and not only come up with music, but I, I think like a lot of people need need a lot of people to make music. We just yeah. need ourselves in our band. We've been doing this. We've got more than our 10,000 hours. We've been doing this forever. Yeah. And this is our chance to kind of showcase what we can do with the limits that everyone has. So we're actually yeah. writing and making songs as we speak remotely from each other. And we're Brilliant. sending each other files and we're really putting it all together. And I think it's, it's going to be, we've got to come back from this experience stronger yeah. than ever before. A hundred percent, man. And you got to, you got to keep that work ethic about you. I think, uh, you know, I, that's been something that I've been really trying to do is just, you know, obviously, yeah. you know, you don't, you don't want to get too wound up in this time. I mean, I understand that it can be stressful for a lot of people, but I think it, you know, keeping engaged, you know, doing things, playing music, I mean, it, it can be it can be really powerful. And, and it's been cool to see um, so many musicians like yourself doing it. Yeah, it's a universal language. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, when Trump got elected, I was in D.C. at the inauguration. Not at the inauguration, but I was visiting Michelle. Yeah. And I decided uh, to go to Metro Center, where all the metros meet up, and uh, sing. I was busking, and I sang Beatles songs for a few hours. Right. And not only were people who, like me, were liberals and they were protesting. <laughs> there right. were people in MAGA hats that were enjoying it too because it's like the Beatles, no one disagrees. Yeah, that. <laughs> that's very true. Very, <laughs> you know? very true. And that's the power of music. Yeah. So if we, can, if we can kind of get out of this divided time and just make good music, I think it'll probably yeah. help. Alrighty, man. Well, thanks a bunch for coming on. We really appreciate it. And uh, you can check out Swimmers on all streaming platforms and on uh, on all social media platforms. You can also check us out on Facebook 
and uh, Instagram and Twitter at Cabin Boy Spears. Uh, and a happy Mother's Day to all those moms out there. This is Trash Bag Baby by Swimmers. Can't wait, I can't wait, till there's no song.